0: Like, I was like, fuck, I'm going to be late, but I do want to get the sushi roll. And so I went and got in the checkout line very, very long. Like, and I was, like, very nervous. That shit is run like the Navy because (laughs) they have three... Youthful, can I say faggots on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Three youthful faggots <laughs> on headsets being like, okay, and you're going to go to check out four. Woman in blue. Woman literally, in blue. Like, <laughs> did they say that to you? Women w- yes. Like, literally, okay, honey, we're going to have you to go to like uh, like a 16 year old gay guy calling me, honey, being like, okay, honey, we're going to have you go to the far line. I was like, yes, literally, dumb. <laughs> Wait, Trader Trader Joe's can't tell. wishes. Oh, my God. No, putting Trader Joe's to shame. <laughs> I was yeah. in heaven
1: because I can't tell if it's always going to be like that because I did overhear someone be like, we're in from Rochester for the day for the big open I don't think the faggots are in from Rochester. I, I, think I think those <laughs> are local hires. gay men. I think those from
0: the local springs of gay men. Hey Nico. Hey Con. I
1: love you. I love you. No homo.
2: A mm, little bit of homo for me. Just a little. Just a smidge. From two guys who were never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you to ours. Welcome to boys club. This is our
3: podcast about boys
2: and about other things like their clubs and the things we were a part of hockey and we're not a part of bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? I know I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. <laughs> Connor's like, what do boys eat?
1: <laughs> My feelings.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, what's up, Connor? Hi. Oh, is it my turn? Okay, yes. remember last week we were talking about Wegmans? Was that last week? That was last week. Okay, so today, you know how I was like late and it was kind of inappropriate that I was late getting here? Sure. Okay, well, <laughs> I was late because I walked by Wegmans and it was like the having, Astor Place one? Yeah, and it's um having National Opening Day, whatever. It's like opening. Wow. Maybe no national. Yeah, like there were balloons and people in the Did polos. you go in? Oh, I went in. <laughs> Did it, you get the cookies? It was Iowa State Fair vibes. No. All right. No, 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 no. It is really nice. There were s- it was Times Square. Yeah, too many people. So many people moving in no sort of important direction, but there were like all these people that like wearing polos that seemed like they like loved their jobs and were like really excited and they're like we're here from Rochester opening <laughs> this one. <laughs> and they were like I ate a piece of bread with butter on it off of a tray. Like the free samples are apparently back. Okay, good. Um and I will be going every day. That's and that good. is why I was ultimately late to this. Okay. Well, Which I, I mean, crazy. we'll make excuses for Wegmans. It was at your boys club for. And then I was walking out and I was like, mad. I was like, how dare he be mad at me for me? Because I just like to know the Wegmans was going to take this long. Like, <laughs> how was I supposed to know? But I was like. You didn't
2: even tell me any
1: of that. I and know, I know. wasn't I know. mad. I know, I know. Okay. And I was like, well, what is. I'm something, being put on blast. What if right I now? had an anxiety attack? Like, what if I something really bad happened? I don't know. <laughs> and that's called an intrusive thought. Yeah, because we didn't even talk about it. I know. Okay. And then I only got here really two minutes late. But so that did happen. Did you see any boys clubs this week? Um. Yeah, the High Line.
2: I'm not going Yes, there. I don't believe in Wait, the High Line. Wait, do you remember when you walked the High Line alone at night? In, I told like you Like a that? year ago. Yes, Bro, I think on this podcast. I,
1: Boys at Home, write in if you remember that story. In May of 2022, I had just gone through this really, really, at the time it was upsetting, this upsetting breakup. Yeah. And this upsetting <laughs> breakup. And I like did this show at that place that burned down, not Stonewall, Chris, it's like, um, what burned down? There was a thing that had a fire, the duplex. Uh oh. the duplex had a fire, and I did a show, but it was like before the fire, so I did. <laughs> it's crazy that we've been doing this long enough for the places to burn down. That's <laughs> insane. And so, I, afterwards, I was just like really like confused, and so I just like watched the highlight for like a really long time. So if, you've, if you're if you feeling sad... Uh, it's a good place to walk. But is that is that you are now in that boys' club or you've... No, I don't like the High Line. The High Line to me is like... Been, you live in House cried, Kitchen. You said no. Yeah. <laughs> and you think that's like a cool place to take your mom and you it, visit here.
2: It is like a place that you only take your mom when she's visiting. Yeah. The first time she visits. Like Chelsea Market. <laughs> We're not
1: going to Chelsea Market. We're not going to the High Line. <laughs> Although I do like the Taylor <laughs> Swift song where she says, Heartbeat on the High Line, no no na no, no, is cool Heartbeat. that it... That
2: I, I totally, I randomly know so much about the Highline. I told you this before, I think. No. When I worked as a paralegal back in the day, it was my first job out of college. Horrible job. Never, never do we it. We have both If you're thinking been alive about it, so don't long. do it. Um... And I had to work on this case that had to do with the rezoning of the Highline District. And apparently, it was like it used to be like a a, a train, and they were going to either take it down. But then some people like were like, "Let's turn it into a park and like not make it built." And then rarely does that actually win out. Like rarely does it. So in and that, that is way, so it's so cool.
1: Manhattan. It's like, do you know, over the bridge, we have parks,
2: like actual <laughs> parks. Like there's real parks. They're like, yeah, we have parks. They're in the sky, but. We have- Parks, yeah,
1: no, and they <laughs> still have the little train tracks, and yeah, the apartments there are like really expensive, and no one has curtains. So you I just know see that's people, a little like, o- vibing, yeah. It is weird to, it's almost weirder to see someone just
2: like chilling than it is to see them like having sex or something.
1: No, if you live on the first it's floor, like, why am I just watching you them have them your curtains TV. up? You should go to jail. Like, that is well, what are you gonna do? I that is. I get curtains. (laughs) You're going to get curtains. (laughs) Yeah. And you're in there jerking off playing Call of Duty.
2: It's such a, like, it's, like, obviously you walk by these brownstone nice homes and everywhere in Brooklyn, and you're, like, oh, my God, it would be so amazing to live in one of those. But then at the same time, I'm, like, but I don't want everybody to see my front living room.
1: Yes. Well, you would have to, like, have a really intense security system and curtains. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that, too. I think there's something really romantic, especially in the fall, about, like, when you, like oh, this brings me back to the perfect and beautiful world. Mm -hmm. Like when you walk by and you kind of see like families having dinner and there's like chandeliers and the TV is on. And you're like, oh, that's like when I was like, we didn't have chandeliers. But like when I was a (laughs) kid and we like had dinner as the end of the story. (laughs) Yeah. It's really beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. What voice clubs did you see?
2: Okay. So my voice cover this week is people who are on the ball of queer news. So when people are coming out. People are announcing relationships. People who are, like, the first to know. I'm talking about Jesse Ballard. You're I'm talking talk- about Pop Crave. I'm talking about the people who are, like, are, like contributing to Pop Crave and Dumois and, like, those types of things. But specifically Do with queer it's news.
1: shorten up what they're... I can't click through it's all long. of yeah, It's long. Yeah, I know. I've,
2: ne- I've, never, it's be, I've never gotten into it because of how long those things are. But anyway, they're doing very detailed journalism over there. But I bring it up because, as we may maybe know, Sophia Bush and Ashlyn Harris, former U.S. women's soccer player... Are Who dating I Googled, now, by the way. Okay, so Ashlyn Harris was a women's soccer player on the U.S. women's national team. Her ex-wife was also on the U.S. women's national team, and it's a fresh. They axe. won, yeah, yeah. They were married. It was a huge like gay wedding for, especially in like women's soccer, and it was like uh, they both won w- Olympic and gold medals and like the World Cup. You know, like, very successful people. Both couple people in the couple did. Yes, they uh, were on the same team at the same time in main, like main. in like dynasty era, like Carly Lloyd era. You're Megan um, Rapino. Alex Morgan Yes Who like, I really
1: liked Because I always liked a hot girl <laughs> Of course Well we gotta have
2: life. One hot girl of course so anyway, so, they, like, so that breakup is a big deal. And then now that Sophia Bush... And so I'm bringing this up because I learned this from my straight girl soccer friends who f- like were like, oh my God, look who's getting... Who's like, what this rumor is. And then Are I had they it. mad? Are your straight girlfriends mad? No, they were just like, this is gossip. This is crazy. But I was, ma- I was mad that I was learning it from straight people before I was learning it from gay people.
1: Well, so this is a call, you call you to action. To be like, and that's okay that she's gay <laughs> to your friends.
2: Because I imagine they were like, this is gross. No, they <laughs> were... No, they no, 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 no. <laughs> they cr- they were like, well, this is gossip. This Tea. And also because I have some friends who play in the NWSL professionally, they know the inside scoop.
1: Look, Sophia Bush makes exciting. sense for being gay because, as you have described, the raspy girl in the sorority, the raspy voice girl in the sorority. Yes, that is <laughs> Sophia Bush. She's just Sheesh. she is just so close to being gay, and then eventually she is. She was like the. You know how Chicago has like three famous people, and it's both queers, <laughs> and it was Sophia Bush, and now <laughs> Sophia Bush moved. Wow. For a while, she was like the famous person in Chicago. We could move to Chicago and be the most famous people there right now. (laughs) Should we all (laughs) do that? We could be stars in Chicago. (laughs) We'll be obsessed with that. Not while the Cusacks
2: are still holding it down. Um, But anyway, so so this is a call to action to all the queers out there, especially the ones who know me really well. I need to be hearing about this news. There was a diner
1: bakery that had a, a donut named after Emmy Rossum. Only in Chicago would she get a donut named after her. Wow. You don't even know who that is. You're coming for Chicago today. Do you though. even know who that is? Wait, it, give me one credit or something. What would I know her from? Phantom of the Opera, the movie. Oh, of course. But uh, <laughs> any other person, I would have said shameless. But <laughs> okay. you, Phantom of the Opera, the movie. Phantom of the Opera, the movie, totally. <laughs> um, that's it for Boys Clubs.
2: All right. Boys, our guest this week is an amazing stand-up comedian, and he has a podcast called Training Day. Basic Training. Basic Training. Great Sorry, movie, though. I ba- training, day. training Day. Good Basic movie. Basic Training. You can check it out anywhere. Boys, please welcome Jake Cornell. Hi. What's
0: up? Well, I have to tell you something right now. okay? Which is, as the listener doesn't know but you two know, I was also late. <laughs> and it's it New was York. because... I was at the opening day of the Wegmans Astor Place. Are you serious? I swear. I swear. Did you see me like being rude? I swear to God. No, I literally, I literally was walking by and I was like, wait, the Wegmans is open. And then I went inside and went into a vortex. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be late. Because I literally (laughs) spent so long looking around. And then I got a sushi roll. Okay, just again, if I know uh, it was pretty good, yeah. Pretty it's good, crazy good. to me that someone else was in there with a dream. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean truly. <laughs> and I, I made a TikTok about this. I was so it brought me so much joy. Though cause I like I was like, fuck, I'm gonna be late, but I do want to get the sushi roll. And so I went and got in the checkout line very, very long. Like, and I was like very nervous. That shit is run like the Navy because <laughs> they have three <laughs> youthful can i say faggots on this podcast oh yeah three youthful faggots <laughs> on headsets being like okay and you're gonna go to check out for woman in blue woman literally, in blue like <laughs> did they say that to you women in w- yes like okay honey we're gonna have you to go to like uh, like a 16 year old gay guy calling me honey being like okay honey we're gonna have you go to the far line i was like yes literally <laughs> dom wait for oh my god no putting trader joe's to shame <laughs> i was yeah. in heaven
1: because i can't tell if it's always gonna be like that because i did overhear someone be like we're in from Rochester for the day for the big open. I don't think
0: the faggots are in from Rochester. Sourced, I, think I think those men. are local hires, I think Locally From the local springs of gay men, they okay. source that water. Jake,
1: when can I go there ever that will not have anyone else there? They close at 10, I asked. Like,
0: when will it be empty? It'll never um, be empty. The next time there is a pandemic. Yeah. And they stay open. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell Jake, you, babe. I like yeah. to went to the Navy Yard one time to go to Wegmans. Do I you go even to, know well, what that is? The yes, babe, art. because where you're moving to, it's very accessible.
1: Well, it's, it's like a 40-minute walk. It's a 35-minute power you walk. You could probably take a train or a bus.
3: Yeah, you can't really take
0: it. So what I would do if I'm you, and I we are going to – Connor is moving to my neighborhood, for the, <laughs> listen, for the listener to understand this. The boys know I'm moving up in the world. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to take a revel to the Wegmans. And I'm going to take tell a car. Him. Do you want to and I'm gonna take a I? car <laughs> home? Are we an anti-rebel? We're not anti-rebel,
2: but I can't imagine you ever riding in a rebel. One time, You're I just I not dated like this somebody guy. who's going to drive cars or
1: vehicles. No, oh, do you mean the rebel like the moped? No, not the, the moped. moped. Yeah, the moped. I like I've ridden on the back of one, which I think is fucking hot. Like I'm not. Oh, a, totally. Would, like that's love. Like that's sing to me, Paolo. Absolutely. <laughs> and like I want to be on the fucking highway because I want to have
2: Absolutely. to hold on.
0: Like I, yeah,
2: I <laughs> force me to hold you, which I would. No,
0: but you got to go, the Wegmans is amazing and you just need to budget in an Uber home. Yeah. Wait,
1: but here's the thing. Do you think, I literally took a bus, I couldn't even tell you what bus it was, away <laughs> from that Wegmans. Like just away. Like I just took it away. <laughs> and <laughs> You just got in and said, I got to get out of here. Just like take me in any direction. direction. Until I was like kind of near an L and then got off and <laughs> took my, But do you, I don't think I can justify ever going back to that Wegmans. Now that we do have Astor Place, but I do think that I would need to go to a where no one else is there. Wait, I'm confused though. Why would you go to the Astor Place one over the Navy Yard one? Because the Astor Place one is in Manhattan, and, and it's like you live in Brooklyn. I know, but like I still like work in Manhattan, and like oh, I that am, makes that 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 like I it. do hate Manhattan, but I still I spend love the Manhattan. hard tea you're giving. <laughs> it. Yeah, I've Manhattan. Never. Wait, can I tell you something crazy? Always. So today, I was like, I've never met Jay Cornell, but we did make eye contact, and then I was like, I should look him up on Spotify. And then I did. <laughs> On Spotify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where podcasts are.
0: And Oh, I thought you meant like my listening. I was like, is that public? <laughs> no, but I would love. There's, do you know Just Sam Lansky, the writer? List. That name sounds so he familiar. He wrote
1: Broken People. No, Broken People. He wrote Broken People. No. no. Anyway. So I was like looking it up. So then I listened to like 25 minutes of your Stradio Lab episode, which is not feedback for Stradio Lab. I would have finished it. I didn't have time. <laughs> and you told a story that shook me in my core. Which story? you were in Greece, the musical. And then you were recast. I talked about
0: that on Stradio Lab. Yeah, and it was like, how do you not talk about I it have every day? No memory of that. <laughs> it was really jarring. Yeah, that was. There's even it gets even more traumatic that story do you want to hear like what fully happened yeah wait so t- 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 I'll, I'll start at the Mico, beginning who's never Mico. listened to straight
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not true wait i want to hear the story though
0: i actually was really nervous to come on this podcast because i know how much you two hate george and sam so it's really <laughs> i'm, I'm uh, a little uncomfortable that it's coming famously up. <laughs> i I, think think- I was like i want to do this show but they're so <laughs> shitty to george and sam my friends we're we don't like other boy boy podcasts <laughs> totally uh, we're threatened yeah we're threatened big time so okay so what happened was, I went to, I was in middle school in rural Vermont. Oh. And there was this gay guy who was older than me by like a few years. So when I, my school was seven through 12, he was in high school. His parents had a bunch of money. And like in high school, they gave him the money to start a theater company. Oh, God. So, he had, a, there was, so in my hometown in rural Vermont, there was a community theater run by a 16 year old faggot. Oh God. Um, which in theater camp needs to I, be I, right. I want to hear this story. Like, had <laughs> I been there now, I would have called the national guard. Like that is so unacceptable that that happened, but I didn't understand at the time. Like I just hit myself in the lip with this mic and I think cut my lip. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're old enough to run a theater program now. No, a hundred percent. So, it was run with, like, borderline no adult oversight uh, by by this 16-year-old gay guy and his friends. So, oh the God. first m- production they did was Grease the Musical. <laughs> and all my friends, because it was, like, all the, like, artsy kids in my school, which is, like, again, my class, my graduating class was, like, 100 kids. So, it's, like, we all kind of knew each other, right? And something that's so important to understand about me is, like, you think I'm annoying now. When I was, like, 13, it was, like, another level. Like, I was, like, the most annoying person <laughs> in the world. So... I auditioned. I got cast as Doody, I think is his name. is one like of bird One of the T-Birds. And I had my own song and, like, whatever. What was the song? Mooning? No, I think it's, like, cut from the movie. And I think it's called Magic Changes or something. Those magic changes. Yeah, that's it. One hundred percent. Not to trigger you. So, <laughs> well, I truly don't care. But, so, basically, I, so we, everyone got cast. And this, it was, like, a bunch of high schoolers and some middle schoolers. And, like, No one was out, but, like, anyone who was about going to be gay later down the line was involved in this thing. Do you know what I mean? It was just (laughs) very, like, socially fraught. And, like, we were, like, seventh graders hanging out with tenth graders at these theater rehearsals. And, again, almost no adult supervision. Like, it was, like, really socially intense in this specific way. And then, like, halfway or three-quarters of the way through the rehearsal process, I was, like... There was like a rehearsal where they were like, "Jake, like, can you hang back?"
1: But when you say "they," do you just mean the director, Correct. or was there
0: like a crew? Correct. This no, the director who and
1: was the sixteen-year-old who owned the company. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. yes. And you were wow. like, "Don't touch
1: me," but I will hang back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Hang back." And, one on one. Um, he was like, "We have decided to recast you as Eugene, which is like a much smaller part that has like one verse of a the song." The nerd
1: Eugene is the nerd.
0: Like I, like is truly barely in the show, and I was like. And then they were, like, and he, would like, cast another guy as Judy. And then, like, that just, like, happened. Because they like, were sucking dicks. Wait, I wanna what? Know, no, what? I want to know. No, I think was it was reaction? probably, I was, like, devastated. Oh, that's horrible. Absolutely devastated. But in the moment, you were, like, that's fine. I remember, like, I walked out, and I think he could tell I was upset. And he called me, and he was, like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was, like, I mean, I'm really sad, but, like, whatever's good for the show. Like, I was trying to do, like, a good, like, uh, sport about it. I mean, I was, like, 13. This was so long that's ago. That's brutal. So him? then. No, so it get, Mama. We're not. He's this. Dead. It's important to know. This is the first person whose dick I ever <laughs> sucked. I know. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And he Whoa. said, still no. <laughs> Well the here's the thing with okay, so then this is where it gets worse. This is probably what I didn't get into on street Up. So then the musical happens, whatever. And also like, because like again, it's rural Vermont, the like bar for like art being good is like so incredibly low. Like for when sure. Greece happened, like you truly would have thought it was Hamilton. Like the way the <laughs> community responded <laughs> yeah. to it was like absolutely unbelievable. So then it was like this huge thing that he So then he was like people were obsessed with him in our town and like his musicals. And so his musicals. Greece was su- Greece was like such a big deal. So then so everyone did Grease, we were it was like we're all like bonded for life. Yes. Like form like a couple months later, I hear everyone starts talking about Alice in Wonderland rehearsals.
1: Oh.
0: Oh no. And I'm sort of like, "Wait, what's going on?" And at first like people are being like weird, like, "Oh, we shouldn't have said that in front of Jake." Come to find out he didn't even audition for his next musical. He just asked every single person in the cast of Grease to be in his next musical except me. What? <gasps> Wait, we does this end with you googling him or not? Well, what's amazing? Because if not, I will now. <laughs> you can Google him, and what you will find out is that he still runs the community theater in my hometown. Fucking wow. slay. Wow. fucking. He did. God. He did come to New York and go to Marymount Manhattan, I think. And that's maybe... not a college. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> I think he did move to New York and do stuff for a little bit, but he is back in my hometown now. Wow, this is so bitchy, but it's like at that point, go to go to Wagner,
1: like go somewhere. Else. Like come on, like those people. It's like you actually don't need
0: your parents to pay fifty thousand dollars for you. It, just rent an apartment at that point, and yeah, a hundred. I mean, I don't know anything about musical theater schools truly at all. Um, wow, but I do know that he. It would I. Sorry. I don't want to, okay, I'm going to say allegedly on this because I don't want to get sued, but I do have a vague memory of like everyone in my town thinking that this, he was going to be the next, like truly like Lynn manuel Miranda, like the greatest, like Julie Tamer, wow. like one of the greatest theater directors of all time. And so it was a huge deal when he was like, senior like where is he going to go and if I remember correctly I do think he was rejected from every single directing program in America except for Mary <laughs> yeah, <that's> what <laughs> allegedly allegedly but I do is. think that's what happened I haven't thought about this person in so long I can't believe I told th- why did I tell that story on Stradio Lab You were just like, I've
1: been, they're like, when were you attacked? And then you told that story. I don't remember. That's so funny. But I'm always making
0: people trauma
1: bond with Oh my God. They're obsessed with trauma bond. It was really (laughs) upsetting. It's just like, like I have done so many plays brag and like, I've just (laughs) never seen someone recast in
0: that way. Yeah. I mean, what's funny about me is that like (laughs) I, and then also in my high school theater program, like the one that was like affiliated with my school, I was also very involved in that and I never got cast as a lead and everyone thought I was going to get the lead in this play my senior year because I think it was kind of like let him be the lead literally once and I was told I was made to feel in many words that it was because I I did not get the lead because it was not believable that I would be in love with a woman and it was like a romance play um what the fuck? and so part- you're an actor I'm I'm an actor and <laughs> but sometimes I'm like is, is I'm like am I fully like do I fully now have an, a a career in entertainment that is my entire life or my entire career because I'm just like spiting these people from like, you know what I mean it's like I <laughs> think yes. like, huh. like, was, I don't what think was the play How to Succeed in Business no it was a, it was a it was a theatricalized version of the Natalie Wood film Splendor in the Grass you lost me the moment you started it I was Which like, is that's not Feather on the Roof which <laughs> is an old movie which is an old movie about Natalie Wood being so horny for a guy she tries to say it with me kill herself oh my <laughs> God. what's wrong with the MTI musicals like, just I'm, do an
1: MTI musical call it a day um, Junior
0: like yeah. So, you know, I'm thankful for all of it. I went through a lot when I was young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, not to make you feel crazy, but I was in Greece and I was, that's actually where I met the love of my life who is married to a woman and whatever and but he jury's still out on him so much and but I was and I was Kinnicky of course you and were. then the director said that my ability to transform myself was so powerful that he was confident that I was going to be a famous actor wow, <laughs> wow. he might have said successful actor but he what? still is there who did the love of your life what was their role um no so actually he wasn't in that one he was in next year rent but since he was friends with the guy that was like the people that were in it uh-huh. he would like show up and hang out with us sometimes oh, after rehearsal sure. and it was like not a high school production it was like a children's theater pro- like company in philadelphia so i would take the train in and then afterwards we would like go to like Seven Eleven and like hang out in the park and that's like it was like a really horny hot summer <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> i'll send you pictures
0: please oh my god have gosh. you seen how there's i've TikTok has been showing me recently, like, I don't really follow anything musical theater related, but, I don't, but I've been getting a lot of videos about how everyone in England is really horny for the guy who's playing Kinnicky on the West End right now. Okay, I have to look him up. Yeah. Do you remember when they cast Grease on a reality show? I remember those reality shows, like, very... <laughs> like, deeply. Searching for the Next Elwood. That's yes. the one I remember the most. I think that's <laughs> the most beloved one, but I didn't watch any of the other ones, but Do I remember Do you remember, remember the them. girl it's, that was... I didn't watch it. it. Sorry, you
1: just knew that it existed. This like Trump or Christian one. That's it's it. fine that she's Christian. She well, a Trump, Trump or. or Christian one, Elle Woods, uh, Bailey Hanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't and like gay people. She came back. She came here. I know. We assume you've said this. We assume on Broadway they like gay people, and we know that's not true. Well, I
2: think I think that in some ways that those are you two girls, Broadway people. I, I'm not. You're like fan you of the are. Opera. Though. I like. I love Fan of the Opera. I like. I obviously love performers and think yeah, it's excellent, sure. but I don't have a background in it because I grew up playing, doing sports and was, I got cut from the 6th grade musical. And, you took, and unlike me,
0: you took the fucking hint. And I,
2: <laughs> I got the hell out of there. I was like, well honestly, that story and others I've heard about just like how crazy people can be. I'm like, people I think would get up in arms about sports like, oh, people aren't playing or whatever. And it's like, it's never been as cutting as what's happening in these theater programs to no. these children. Like, nothing no. like
1: that. Um, but what was I saying about... Um, you were saying that you love Phantom of the Opera, and you think that it's crazy when these adults kind of like take out their lost dreams on oh, children. Oh, no, what we are saying about, about the women who are, are, oh, the, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. are crazy about gay, gay people.
2: Oh, Laura I think sometimes Alspice. it creates even more homophobic people because they're conflating interpersonal dynamics they had with young gay men <laughs> in these theater programs with like just being like, well, I hate all of them. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Give like, an example. I'm saying that if there was like a, a if we're like well, thinking about a stereotypical like girl boss who's like theater girl, and then like a gay guy that, and they're like fighting each other I in was gonna the theater say, program. Because the
0: converse of this is true. Because I have seen misogyny out of musical theaters gays in a at a Herculean level. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like Planned Parenthood protesters like women more than you. I'm dead serious. <laughs> like it's actually fucking crazy. <laughs> I one time I like there's this one gay guy who it's funny because like I saw him for like the second time in my life at a party this weekend, and I hadn't seen him in like a year and a half. Like, was it a house party or? Was a house party. Was that a house party? Like, I, it was at a club. I met him at a birthday party like a year and a half ago, and I was like unwillingly part of a conversation about musical theater where I was mostly just like power. Wait, drink.
1: you're describing this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, 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 but it was like it was like we were just standing in someone's apartment and like I was drinking a drink and people were talking about musical theater and I didn't really have much to say, and then like this guy came in and just started talking about the women in the shows. Like, it was like this thing of like. You could tell he was, like, kind of performing, like, that he's in the know about things. And he was like, oh, her, and stuff. But, like, he was talking about these women like they were actual scum. And it really made me mad. And I kind of, like, went off on him. And, like, everyone was mad I ruined the vibe. But I, like... (laughs) But it was, like, I was, like, this is so gross. Yeah. But it's... And I was, like, you're just mad that, like... And it was clearly the trauma of, like, oh, you're mad that you didn't get to be a part of this thing in the way that women get to be a part of it because you're mm-hmm. an effeminate gay man. Yeah. And you're taking that trauma out on women. And I think that, like, then those men the, – I think that those women who have been treated like shit by misogynistic gay men in musical theater then go on to hate gay men. Yes. And it is like – I am like, I do think Broadway should maybe actually be only straight plays. <laughs> like, I don't think there should be musicals allowed. I do think it breeds a toxic well, I saw really scary. Have you seen Come From Away? I wasn't into that. Mm, okay, so that one is sort of crazy to me because, like, I saw the poster and everyone was like, Come From Away, Come From Away. And then I was like, what's it about? And someone was like, 9-11. I was like, I don't need to see a musical about 9-11. It is about 9-11. And, and it's, like, kind
2: of, it's also, like, my understanding of it is, like, it doesn't take place at the towers. It's just kind of, like, that's the context of what's happening. It's like, did it even need to be about 9-11 Well, I don't know enough about the play. I just,
0: I I (laughs) actually can't think of like a single thing that needs to be like explored in a musical, but I can think of things that (laughs) should be before (laughs) 9-11. I've seen, (laughs) my sister was here this past weekend and I took her to see Six, the musical. My mom loves um, that one. Which I've now seen three times, which is not normal for me, but the first time was for free and then me and my friend who saw it for free We're like, oh, our other friend would love this for his as a birthday present. We got it for him as a birthday present. Uh And then my sister came to visit and she was like, I want to see a Broadway show. And I was like, well, six is only 90 minutes long. And I know I like it. And I know she'll like it. So we're just going to go see this again. But it's like, it is like a pop concert performance about like Henry VIII's wives. And it's like very funny. And I'm like, this is what a musical should be. Like when someone's like, we're doing a musical. Like, I'm like the second they make a musical about like the Sackler family, like I swear to <laughs> fucking God, I'm chaining myself to the door of the theater. Like we're not doing. It. Wait, well, did you see Princess oh Diana? Oh my the musical? God! See that? No, and the fact that like this is what I'm saying. Like something about musical theater like breeds a level of immorality that is like so fucked up. Like <laughs> the, apparently, like apparently, the Princess Diana musical was like um was like bad, and I think it was the New York Post. Their headline in their review was "The Princess Diana Musical is a wreck."
3: Oh, oh
2: my wow! God. <laughs> Somebody was pleased with themselves for that headline. I'm like, the girl died. Yeah, like, like we need yeah. to have some some grace for this. Oh my god! Also, like
1: all the good songs have been written already, and like, you think? Yes, like we are, and like none of these musicals have good songs at all.
2: Well, it feels like any of the new ones they're making are kind of weird, and any of the, and then they're just trying to do a lot of like revitalizing old things or trying to take like big pieces of like to me IP. it's also like
0: to me i think it's also just i don't like that kind of because people will be like the music in this is so gorgeous and i listen and i'm often like yes for a musical yeah like, yeah. do you know what i mean it's like like i'm like oh that that song is sad like or like that song about like someone losing their lover is better like the new sufyan album is a better version of that though. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? like yeah, something yeah, that yeah, is yes. like like, an, like a musical artist yeah the is, cow is white as milk. The
1: cape—that's not catchy.
0: That's it's also just like I don't know. There's a level. It's just not. I just don't think it's for me. I just don't think it's for me. And maybe I that's like, what the guy in when I was a teenager sensed, and he was like, "We're gonna demote you because you're not in it." I just my
1: parents are coming this weekend, and they I think we might go see
0: Moulin Rouge, but I honestly would rather show them Fort Greene Park. Is that crazy? <laughs> well, so Moulin. So actually, I will. I will reneg one thing, which is. I think Moulin Rouge is I'm very pro jukebox musicals. My mom loves that, that And one. Moulin Rouge is a Smokey jukebox.
1: Joe's Cafe. I don't know what those words mean. It was in high school. I hated it. It was horrible. It was a bad experience. Oh, okay. No um, one got caught.
0: It was too many people. I love, a juke- <laughs> I love a jukebox musical because it goes back to what you're saying. It's like their song. Their real songs that were made for yes. to be good, not to be in a musical. Yeah. And then you made a musical around Wait, it. Wait, like, moving out Billy Joel. Yeah, I mean I I don't like like that's not for me but like I would respect it more. Or like like the I saw The Cruel Intentions musical because my friend was in it oh, and it was like a 90s God. jukebox musical. Oh, heaven. that's fun. That's cool. Um so what was the other jukebox musical? Mamma Mia. Oh, the, no the one um It's Mama Mia. You right? know, Mama Mia is yeah. 100% correct. And then also there's that one on Broadway, And Juliet. I got to see that for free too and it's a max martin jukebox musical so it's all max martin songs oh cool heaven absolute heaven because i don't have to hear some ballad that's like i look out the window i'm like shut wait, the fuck up wait max martin wrote what did he hit me baby one more time and what do you want for me by adam lambert that i think is in the musical wow. i mean it's incredible i mean it's but it's everything cause it it's, like, it's also like in sync <laughs> it's backstreet boys it's everything wow yeah,
2: yeah the uh my mom loved Milan rouge so i think
1: five stars for parents Maybe we will go. Wait, can I ask you a question?
0: Are
3: you
1: so you're not conflict diverse? No, I. Why do you say that? Because you got in a fight with that guy that hated women at that party. So I guess that's incredible. Which is really
0: that's actually really rare for me. I I think that memory sticks out so specifically because it it was like someone has. It is so rare to me that someone has turned me off in such a way that I have been rude to them. It happens very rarely. I'm actually very. I would say I'm trying to actively be more willing to have conflict because I think I'm very conflict-averse. I'm trying
1: to be better at that, too. I texted you and I said I'm trying to be better at having – are we fighting? We're no. not fighting. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like – I texted you and I was like, hey, I'm trying to be you better. You said I'm <laughs> trying to be conflict-averse
2: and you just said, can we change the time of this thing? And I was like, sure. That's so i trying to be –
1: someone said to me, someone who I think is a little crazy, actually. Not crazy. Why, whatever we're supposed to say. Someone was a little unhinged. A little unhinged was like, you should tell your friends that you're trying to be better at having conflict. So when you are, they're not shocked. So I'm trying to like communicate to everyone be like, I'm trying to be better at having conflict. So if I That's such an interesting go, way to phrase it though. Better at having conflict versus like better at stating what I need. Well what I think you're very good at is like you'll kind of state oh, you're right. State what you need. I was gonna say have conflict, but say what you need and then you kind of just move on. Whereas, like, I would be on a podcast. I would would think about it for the rest of my life.
0: But Um, what I want to know is what's a boys club you're not a part of? Okay. So a boys club I'm not a part of is, like, the way I would describe it is, like, people who have or had had big boy jobs. And by big boy jobs, I mean, like, like like corporate real jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had. And I don't understand what a lot of them are and didn't for a long time. Like, I think because I grew up in, like, a rural area, it's, like, the people – everyone had jobs where I grew up that were, like, the jobs that people have, like, on children's shows. Like, there was, like, the construction <laughs> yeah. people. There was, like, the plumbers. There was, like, police officers. There was, like, teachers. There was, like, doctors. Like, it was, like, all of the, like, broad strokes. Yeah. Like, Essential this workers. Is, like, this is a true fact about me. A deep secret I had for the first year I lived in New York was – I did not know what a copywriter was <laughs> and I was like really embarrassed and would be like, Oh, I write copy. And I was like, I literally don't know what that means. And I like could have Googled it, but it was like always, like, it was like this deep secret I had. I was like, I literally don't you understand. You can't even it like Google. Like now. I just like, I like literally had no idea what a copywriter was. Like didn't like just all so these funny. jobs like that. Like people would talk about like Slack and I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Like <laughs> I, I mean, I was a bartender for until I was able to go comedy full time. Like I've never had a real job. What did and your I, parents do? My, <clears throat> so my mom was a secretary and then like moved up within like the financial office of the company. She worked at like to do like business admin. She was like an administrator. And then my dad's job, my dad does have a weird job. So my dad is a, when I was little, my dad worked for a cell phone company as like the technician who would go up onto the mountains and work on the towers that like send the cell phone signals. Um, And then he transitioned into doing that but for the 911 systems. So my dad like operate like my dad is like the technician who like takes care of the sites on the tops of mountains to make sure that 911 calls in upstate New York and Vermont are co- are like ma- like s- even if like there's a storm and like the power goes out or like cell phones go down like you can yeah. still call 911. Wow. That's like my dad's job. There's no like easy descriptor of what that is. Well like that's what he does. It sounds hero. like very important work. Yeah, Jesus.
1: Um, but I never knew. Okay, so my mom worked in law and then my dad worked in
0: education. Oh, wait, You're one of those people that doesn't know what your parents do because no. I find these people infinitely fascinating.
1: Well, I think I know what my dad does, but my mom is more I mean she's a lawyer, but it's like what does she do every day? I don't know. She answers my calls though in the middle of I have of the like day. I had like I have friends
0: like I I I have one friend in particular who his dad worked at a bank and I'd be like what does he do at the bank? And he was like I literally have he no idea. shows way. up. He's like I don't even know his title. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. just know so funny. I, I just know he like, works at the bank. I just that's wow. really crazy to me. Do you know what your parents do? Both of my doc- they're both doctors, so okay. That's yeah. a pretty simple one, yeah, yeah.
1: But I feel like I never knew. So growing up, like to your, I saw lawyers, I saw teachers, I saw, and it was everything was kind of like that. And then the jobs you described, I didn't know that people were, were working in like influencer marketing or PR. Well, that's I don't think they were was at saying. the time. I feel, no PR has always been a well, bar PR, though. personally, but, well, like, I, think,
0: but like just, I think it's just, I think it's a marketing. difference between living in it. Well, influencer marketing, but like, yeah, people who are like, Oh, I look at, I work in marketing or I work in this. Like it was yeah. just really crazy to me. Like yeah. people, I always think it's crazy when, how old are you two? 26, 29. Okay, cool. Which is 26 with dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's when so you my. turned 26, in my head, I was like, I can't wait to say that.
0: It's, that's so funny. But it's like, I always think it's crazy when I meet people our age who have those sorts of jobs, and I'm like, it's crazy to me that you had the fo- you understood that those jobs existed in college and took the classes yeah. necessary to like do that. Like, especially like people I meet, like who because I've been okay. So because I'm single, I've been on the dating apps a little bit more recently, yeah. And like, a, I met I'm like a lot of guys, gay guys in New York, work in like finance, and it's like really crazy, crazy to me that they yes. like did they like understood that that those were jobs when they were like 20? Like if you had told me, like I didn't understand what those jobs were when I was like in college. So I was like, I don't know what you major in business for. Like I understand, (laughs) I understand that there's like the business sector, but like, I don't know what these jobs are. And like, had I known how the world worked now, like this is like fucked up, but it's like, if I were to, if someone were like 18 and about to go to college or like about to graduate high school and they were like, I want to be a comedian. I'd be like, here are your two paths. (laughs) quite genuinely, move to New York right now yeah. and start as early as possible. Go to Marymount Manhattan College. Go to Marymount Manhattan <laughs> College, no. <laughs> to go, explain move to your New York right training. now as early as possible because, like, the earlier you start, the more time you have to, like, figure it out. And by, like, 28, you'll probably have something going on. Yeah. Or go to college and major in business or computer science <laughs> and then move to New York in four years with a six-figure job. It's going to be a lot easier because you're going to have money. Yeah. Like,
1: no, yeah. literally. So our literally. Planned Parenthood who works in research and makes – $100,000.
2: And oh my talk God, about somebody who, like, who I don't know what they do. I have no idea what she does. Like, I, if you wanted to, I have no
0: idea. Back when I was Research. at UCB, it was like half the people, like, back, like half the people all had like these day jobs where they're making like $150,000 a year. And I was like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I just do like, computer stuff. I was like, I was like, get fucked. Like, <laughs> I, I would have done that too had I known. Yeah. Like, it just No, I don't think that you would have, and I don't want that for you. And I, <laughs> no, I ultimately, like, I'm happy with my life choices, but it's just, like, it's. I did not understand. Yeah. I just didn't understand. No,
2: I didn't either. I had no sense of, like, what, like, even when, I, like I said earlier, I was a paralegal out of school because I was an English major, and I was, like, I want to move to New York. I want to perfu- pursue comedy, and I don't know how to, yeah. so I'm just going to move to New York any means possible, and it was the only job I was really qualified for that totally. would, like, get me, hit me back with, like, my, when I applied, so... That's how I ended up doing that, but I had no idea. Like, people were applying to all kinds of positions, and I was like, "When do you learn about?"
0: A hundred percent. And I also didn't understand the unders. I also genuinely did not understand the concept of like, um, growing within a like growing within a field. Like, because yeah. in my mind, jobs were like police officer, lawyer. Like, to me, your job was like a static thing. So yeah. I didn't understand. I genuinely didn't un- not understand that the, the 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 what am I trying to say the the system in America is to go to college, get an entry-level position, and then work it up. So now, like, I'm 30, and, like, a lot of my friends from college are now starting to get to the place. where so they're making, like, you know, $150,000 a year, $125,000 a year. Yeah. Because they started out when we were in college, like, when I was, when we got out of college and, like, we were all making the same amount of money because, mm-hmm. like, I was bartending and they were doing an entry-level position. I didn't understand that they, they will, like, grow within that company. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, it's just funny because I think it's another reason I went into the arts was because I genuinely did not understand how stable
3: <laughs> <laughs> like the
0: other option was. Like, yeah. like, like I didn't understand like growing within a company. I didn't understand like benefits. I didn't understand stock options. Like none of that. I knew about none of that. So yeah. like, yeah. it's not until now and I'm fine. Like I'm very happy with my career and stuff, but it's like, oh part of why i did this was because i did not understand how any of that worked and yeah. i didn't even know that that was available because it just seems so much more accessible like you, you you do the college thing you get the job you move up the thi- you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i mean i meet, i mean we all have we the dumbest the dumbest <laughs> let me tell you this right now let me tell you this right now the dumbest <laughs> fucking people in america people make fun of like people in florida or whatever the dumbest fucking man in america is living in Park Slope, making $250,000 a year, walking through a soccer practice. Yes. Like, the yes. dumbest <laughs> fucking... Yeah. Because they were just... Literally. Like, like, because, like, both their parents were rich and from Connecticut. Like, the dumbest people mm-hmm. in America are rich in Brooklyn. I would argue like
1: Hell's Kitchen. I can't go there. I'm not going there. I don't even... Sorry. I
2: disagree. I think, I think the, like, yeah, the generational wealth that I see, especially coaching down there and just being down there... <laughs> were gobsmacked <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane and it le- and i and i was just talking about this last night especially those people who stay in those workplaces forever they're just they go from growing up that way to going to an elite academic institution for yeah. college to going into these jobs and never leaving them and only being around those types of people in these hierarchies and this little insular world and they just and that's exactly why they walk through soccer practices because they're not paying attention to fucking anybody except for themselves. yeah
0: it's really crazy so it's just i i feel like that whole world is so foreign to and me. i
2: think they just atrophy i think they get dumber and dumber the longer they stay yeah. like it's just like you're just in the same cycle of shit and you're just like maybe you're really
1: good at understanding stock options but that's yeah. it. <laughs> i worked in marketing for two years and i loved it and i was so happy and i got laid off like nine times but like never for <laughs> performance but like i it's important to say was so happy that like i would have died at that job i would have been i was like I'm. what gonna, did you love about it um, I loved my team. The hustle I loved and bustle. the bustle. The hustle and the bustle. <laughs> I loved my hot boss named Katie who asked me if I was into older men. And <laughs> I loved... And now she's sober and got a Peloton. Was she the one that said stop working? Mm-hmm. No, that was Tammy. Oh. <laughs> Tammy who always has sunglasses, never on her eyes, always on her head. And she... <laughs> Which she's the one who made me realize I don't have anxiety. She has something medicatable. I'm just anxious. Different things.
0: A hundred percent. Sure. I like loved it. And That's I think That's like that when you meet someone who actually has ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, everyone else is just normal. No, totally. I think that about <laughs> sadness.
1: Uh, if you're sad, it's amazing. You'll be like, I'm so sad. And then you'll look around and be like, it's fine, actually. It's, it's literally like fine. Because I like, you'll see a real sad person. And yeah. It's like actually, I got out of bed this morning and I <laughs> yeah. look great. Yeah. But I feel like. <laughs> there's something in this world where we cannot, because because like what you're describing is not someone who likes their job for sure, necessarily. Like yeah. what you're describing is like some, a means to a six figure job. So you can do the things you want to do. But I think that in this world, if you, it can become gold handcuffs. If you have a job, that'd be hard to leave. Yeah. Like where you're like, Oh, but it's a really good deal. Like whatever. It's like, Oh, hundred percent. You need to be able to ready to walk off site any fucking day <laughs> because someone who maybe knows someone at Sony
0: maybe texted you, Ingr- like accidentally like it's <laughs> you gotta be ready to go yeah, yeah no 100 percent. it is it's not i'm not necessi- i'm it, i'm not speaking out in a way of saying like i wish i had done that or i'm yes. envious of it it's more just like really remarkable i'm constantly uh, like flabbergasted at how completely unaware of it i was yeah and how much everyone else apparently knew
1: and it does feel like an access thing like, yeah. where if you you can only s- envision a life for yourself that you see. We talk about queer representation, uh, but, like, let's talk about financial. financial that's, <laughs> no, that's representation. literally
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's literally it. Like, when I was growing up, I thought the only way you could get rich was to be, become a famous actor. Or, which is <laughs> the one I went for. <laughs> or become a doctor. And I was like, I'm <laughs> not doing organic chemistry, so I guess <laughs> I have to become an actor. Yeah. Like, I genuinely, like, I think... I think I went after these like insane career goals because I did not understand this whole tier in the middle yeah. that was available. Like I genuinely think that.
1: Yeah. Do you think Trumpers, like, we don't talk about Trumpers a lot on this, but like we really don't. So I feel weird to even bring it up. But like, do you think Trumpers, this kind of fucked up, whatever. Um, they look at him and they're like, "This is a rich man. How did he get this? We love him. We believe in him." It's like, well, he's in this thing called real estate development, and I don't know what that is. But <laughs> yeah, like you no, a hundred, research. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think see. it's like
0: idolizing a businessman is a, like the entrepreneur thing. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a similar thing for sure. Yeah, and it's like, it's even with like within like the it, within like the comedy community, like the people who like came up in the media space like new to like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and have like these like writer jobs not like not like tv writer jobs that you get but like the more like came up in like the world of like they went to these colleges that then led to like working at jezebel or god yeah. you know what i mean like that world yes. to me that was also completely foreign to me yeah it's just funny like the if you depending on where you grow up and like also where you go to college like the you see these paths and then if yeah. you don't see those paths you don't know about them until you're kind of beyond them like it's too late to be on them you're like oh i guess i could have done that but i had no idea that that was an option do you yeah. know what i mean no i feel yeah. that all the Does time this, am i making sense no, <laughs> oh you absolutely are. no you i didn't in it? chicago did you i've never been to chicago I've don't to, even I, go okay <laughs> <laughs> i hear really good things it's fine. Well, we'll get donuts named after us apparently. <laughs> but um also wait, just on that, Emmy Rossum is famously gluten free, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up. Hopefully,
2: it's a gluten-free donut. Um, but uh yes, I uh, I was saying this the other day about the about comedy stuff as well. Like I also feel like as I've met more comedians who come from all kinds of different backgrounds, and those who like yeah, found their way into certain jobs right out of school or like yeah. knew how to get like a writer's assistant job, or like even had came no here over the summers, idea.
0: I had no idea that that was an option
1: okay what is a boys club that you are a part
0: of the one that came to mind i was like i think is like the new york restaurant industry because i worked in it for so long yeah and it's a big part of my life which ones did you work there? i worked my first job in new york was at Maiolino, which is a danny meyer restaurant in gramercy that mm. i think is reopening but has been closed since the pandemic and then i worked and then i opened the knickerbocker hotel in times square Whoa. I have a shirt from there. Why? <laughs> you guys are, do I have a shirt Crossing from paths. I have left a shirt and right. that just says Knickerbocker. Well, that's, it's like the most common word in New York City. Mad. And then, <laughs> that's what the, the New York Knicks are, the New York Knickerbockers. It's uh, like a, it's like a New York It's board. either
1: a nice New York thing or a shitty street in Bushwick. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so, and then I worked at Rosemary's and then I worked at a bunch of places in the East Village throughout, like these two wine bars in the East Village through the pandemic. And then that was the last like full-time restaurant job I had.
1: Damn. I've never worked in, I worked at a restaurant in Philadelphia. and never worked at a restaurant in New York. I think that it's that
2: would be. It's like, I feel like it's, a, it's uh, people
1: don't understand how hard it is to get those jobs
2: too.
0: Like, aren't yeah. they pretty like, it's pretty uh, competitive here. It depends. Well, it's like, it's funny because like, okay, my foot just got caught. It's funny because resta- restaurants are funny because they will be really, really competitive and big. Like, it's really hard to get a job there. But then also like, if you catch them on the right day and they're desperate, they'll literally hire you off the street. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you just need the body. That
1: feels so forty seconds straight the musical the way you said it. You're like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, because <laughs> like, someone fell in broke Sure, got Mister. It. It's, you know. <laughs>
0: it's truly like that though. So, sure, I'll
1: put on. I'll put on an apron right now. But it's like all of
0: the, that first that first job in like that first job in New York, Mailino. We were all super super close because it was such a bad job that everyone the staff really bonded. Yeah. So there's just I'm ten years later. I'm still very close friends with them. nine and a half years later. I'm still very close friends with all of those people. And they've all, most of them were restaurant career people. Like that's what they wanted to do. So oh, now wow. they all like are GMs of restaurants or like <gasps> run bars or like are beverage directors at places. And then my roommate is a chef who owned a restaurant and now works and now works at a few other restaurants. And like his husband also is like in the restaurant world, like the restaurant. You live with world. a gay couple. I live with a gay married couple and their Wait, dog. Wait,
1: I pictured a straight couple. What does that say about me? Wait, I'm wow. sorry. No, it's okay. You uh, said married.
0: I heard sis. Yeah. <laughs> sis hot couple. No, 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 they are gay and they have a dog. Um, so I just live with – and then, like, um, I worked in restaurants a long time, so I also just know a lot of people. And then a lot of the stuff I – like, a lot of the stuff when I was doing videos on the internet more, like, regularly was restaurant stuff. So then that brought in a lot of, like – and then I had a podcast about restaurants for, like, two years or, like, a year and a half. And so, like, it's just that – that's always been, like, my second life has been, like, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Talk to me about the restaurants, Coke, nightlife – that energy (laughs) you know what I mean yeah absolutely that's big right I never worked at places where people were doing coke while they were working I do think I know that those restaurants exist that was never my the thing was for me when I was working in it was like so when I moved to New York I had been a bartender all of college from sophomore through senior year and I loved it and so when I moved to New York I was like I have it made because I would be happy being a bartender the rest of my life and I want to be like a comedian and actor so like there's no failing and then like after working in new york restaurants for like two months i was like i can't do this like (laughs) like i can't do this forever like i realized how like i was like oh like you can't be like you can't be work like physically you can only bartend for so long yeah it it just physically is
1: exhausting you know what i mean i'm sure mentally like your brain is on 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 on. yeah
0: and also like real it was it actually really dovetails into what we were talking about earlier where it's like also realizing how other jobs like your income grows and your stock mm-hmm. options grow and totally. your retirement grows. So that when you're old, you don't have to work as much. And I, and like, that's not how bartending works. Bartending doesn't yeah. grow within the company. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, Oh, like as I was learning how that stuff worked, I was like, Oh fuck, this job is not sustainable. I guess now I have to become a big successful famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. And so I always worked in places. I was very conscious of working in places that didn't suck all my energy out. So that I had stuff left to give to my actual dreams and career. So like my like w- was the worst place to work in the world and they would make us work like 65, 70 hours a week. And oh like it was awful. God. So I left there and then the Knickerbocker was like fine for a while then sucked. So I left and then I stayed at Rosemary's forever because that was the perfect level of where like, is that it's in the West Village on um, 10th and Greenwich. Cool. Um, and that was like a very well-oiled chill restaurant. Like no one's doing Coke there. It's like, (laughs) it's like an easy Italian restaurant. And like, I liked that because I could leave and I wasn't like, I wasn't like wrung dry of my life force. You know what I mean? Yes. But I have friends who work in those places and like, I think it's a fun era to have. I don't think it's healthy to do for a long time. I mean, obviously Coke is not healthy to do like (laughs) all the time, but I think, and I also think that that era Cool New York restaurants are a dying breed and it's very sad. Yeah. And I, restaurants can't. TikTok and social media has done this thing where that I think used to happen always, but now happens on a much more accelerated rate, which is places can only stay cool for so long before they have to become lame. And I think I think some places have done the staving off. I think like, like Bernie's, which is around the corner. Yeah. I has, I'm obsessed with Bernie. I was there two nights ago. Like so I, I go there all the time. Um, I think they've done a very good job of like staying cool in spite of being incredibly popular. And I think they're because they're good at like not catering to the masses that mm-hmm. then come in because like restaurants are a two way street. The, the The staff can be cool. The product can be good. The vibe in the room can be right. But also the the people in the room have to be good too, right? Like if everyone in a cool restaurant is a loser, it sucks. You can feel that vibe. And so as like certain restaurants get more and more popular, like the louder, the, the dinner, the louder, the, what am I trying to say? The broader the like scope of how cool this restaurant is comes that the the wider out that goes that means it's reaching lamer and lamer people. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? totally. like coolness is in proximity to like being in the know, right? Yeah. In theory. So it's like the more popular something gets, the the lamer the people are that find out about it, and like lame people are often. And when I say I shouldn't be using lame, it's a ableist term. I'm realizing, but like the less cool people, like it's like part of what makes you not cool is that you like. Don't go with the flow. You're like, no, I need my table now. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. my sauce on the side. I need this. Yeah, I'm I the <laughs> food back. Like, that's like that's what not cool people are, right? Yeah, they don't have a vibe. They don't go with the flow, and that disrupts like the vibe of a whole place. And so then that shit like naturally happens. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's kind of like a, a comedian who just posts crowd work clips, and then they show up to their shows, and all the people are heckling them, and they're like, oh fuck, what did I create? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: So Balthazar's not cool anymore, and Carbone.
0: I, really I would want to go say to balthazar. i would say balthazar see the thing about balthazar is that it's so old and such an institute the keith mcnally james corden thing won me over in a way where i was like i'll stand balthazar to the end of time <laughs> i think that's so funny True. i thought that was so funny yeah and like keith mcnally is obviously like um not done a lot he's done a lot of like bad things and i don't necessarily think he's a good person but like that shit was so funny and I think it's different with a New York... Like, Balthazar's been around for, like, 40 years. Yeah. Like, I think there's a coolness to that that kind of um, is a little less touchable. I think they get yeah. to hold on. You know what I mean? Like, a Cat's Deli
2: has been around for, like, 100%.
0: 100 years or whatever. Like, they'll never not be... Like, I think... Yeah. Is, it a t- is it touristy? Yeah. But what I... I went to... Like, I had a friend who was visiting, like, a couple months ago who was like, I really want to go get a Reuben at Cat's. And I was like, okay, I haven't gone in nine years. Like, I'm happy to do that. And I went. And, like, was the sandwich $40? Yes. Was it good? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, and it's, like, great. I had a great time. I don't think, like, it is, there is a coolness about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know the bus stop in the West Village? Like, what is, is that,
1: that a restaurant? It's like a restaurant? Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was bus like like, <laughs> I think <laughs> this <laughs> lyric. She's like, thought I saw you at the bus stop, I didn't though. And I always thought it was just like a bus stop. And then I recently read that that is actually a place in the West Village where Carly Claus goes. Wait, one go. of my one of the kids I coached told me
2: that sh- when she was young, she lived across the street from Taylor Swift in, in Pennsylvania. No, Cornelia Street. Well, this oh. girl is now a child. <laughs> yeah. She's like six. She was like, when I was a kid. <laughs> when she is. was a kid. I know they always say that. You know, when I was a kid, and I'm like, you are a kid currently. But Wait, of, I know the exact street. I Said on Cornelia Street, loaded. and she said,
1: "Yup." Wait, that kid has money. <laughs> money oh money wars. I do believe for all of us that one day a check will come so large that it will outweigh anything, any financial advice some some man could give. One hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I've always 100%. thought that. I've always known that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. People like tell me about Vanguard's four hundred one ks. I was like, it'll be, fine. it'll be I'm fine. Not I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And then my aunt died and left me thirty eight k, and it was like little by little. There <laughs> we go. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a long time coming. Wait, when did this happen? She died um, 2020. It was not, it was a, a treatable thing. I recently realized this. My mom really reframed it for me. I don't know how I got on this. Sorry. My mom, whereas, like she died of a sickness. And my mom was like, well, it was a totally treatable sickness. So it feels a little like a peace out Girl Scout from her. So oh, she was okay. like, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. She just kind of died. Slowly. I mean, to each their own, I guess. <laughs> she was really a whack. My dad's from a pretty wackadoodle family. It happened. Yeah. Wait, I had a question
2: about, oh, okay, for, um, on the topic of restaurants and stuff, did you like the bear? Or did you feel that
0: was accurate? I have not brought myself to watch it. Okay. Because I think I will like it. I think I will like it. I auditioned for it, so I had to, I had to, <laughs> yeah. I had to, I, and I really liked the script that I had to audition with. Like, I enjoyed that, so I, which made me want to watch it. Yeah. Because um, I really enjoyed that scene. I think that I, I really, like, I think what made me not want to watch it was when I was like when I was in when I was working in restaurants early in New York was like very much the period of time where it was like um like Anthony Bourdain. Or I mm-hmm. guess like he was Anthony Bourdain. It, it was like not his peak because that was when we were much younger. But it was like I, there was some food media. I'm forgetting what it was. There was a book that had just come out or something, but it was like. It, it's like when restaurant culture enters the mainstream media mm-hmm. everyone suddenly thinks they're an expert on it and then it, they show up to restaurants with that energy and kind yeah. of act like they know your job better than you and I projected that onto the bear p- perhaps unfairly but when, it, when I first saw it come out and saw so it get popular I was like fuck it's gonna make restaurant people feel so miserable. oh totally totally and I do think that but also like this is a conversation I have all the time that I think is fascinating which is like what is a, what is a television show's how much is a Television show culpable for their audience, the audience's reaction to it, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is Girls responsible for the kind of people it made in Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> is Sex in the City responsible for the kind of girls it brought to the West Village? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like yes and no. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because it's like if they missed the satire of these characters, it is
0: like the true. This is the thing: is like the danger of satire is that when satire gets popular. Most people don't realize it's satire, totally. and they, they, they view it as aspirational. Yeah, yeah. I do sometimes think that satire is ultimately bad for society. I know. I I, I a a saw a of
2: TikTok girls. of uh, Lena Dunham talking about girls after the fact, and somebody's basically speaking to that point of, like, yeah. you know, these, are, these characters are, like, insufferable and not likable, and she was like, well, yeah, that's what I was writing. I was writing about the people I know in a way that was supposed to be satirical about and
0: poking at these girls' identities in that way. I've had conversations with people my age who have said that they kind of went through an identity crisis in their late 20s when they realized that. Wow. Like, oh, I, like, watched Girls when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and and was aspiring to be these 24-year-olds, and then it went through my 20s and then got to my late 20s and realized, like, that was never what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, you don't, like, like satire like there's a there's a there's a cultural danger to it like i think it's important and like you can't make everything so pedantic that it can be completely um accessible and like really read explicitly without any like and like kind of holding your hand through it yeah but when you do something a little more subtle and like satirical and not that doesn't have a laugh track it doesn't... People don't understand it. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: It's funny because I started... I watched Girls for the first time, like, I think last year. I guess must have been last year. So I was, you know, 25 and was, like, watching this for the first time and was like, oh, like... These I'm un- I'm uncomfortable and anxious watching this because like this is people my age being stupid. Yes, one hundred percent. It's making me anxious and whatever. But we were talking to I think maybe Moss Pericone was talking to us about how he watched it as a kid, as a teenager. Yeah, and it was like same thing. Was like I can't wait to move there. I can't wait exactly. to do this life. And so really, the age you approach that at is got to be drastic. It's like how
0: it's like it's like. The straight version of this is like dudes who watch The Sopranos. It's like you're not supposed to want to mm-hmm. be like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all or, running uh, from an emptiness Empire that leads to them all dying.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, no, like, that is so true. That is such
2: a problem, especially with men's quote men's media media that is centered on the like men's experience or masculinity yeah. or something. Is even when it is, you know, using these macho guys as a vessel for talking about yes. this and even though he's in therapy the whole time and it's very clear that we're talking about this they still miss the point and they're like 100%. this is
1: awesome i want to wear track suits <laughs> i feel like real housewives has to fall into this conversation as well even That's though it's really, really interesting do you think people f- watch it to cuz they want to be like them See, uh, I, I think oh sorry no, i want i want you to finish i thought. think well i i don't know straight women i just realized cuz <laughs> i was going to just say well gay men but i feel like there's something very theatrical about it um, and um, a willingness to have conflict and insane conversations that I am curious if people, if that like resonates with people. Yeah. I just got into Real Housewives and the way that that is like how you have an episode and then a fucking half hour of a news show after. Yeah. I was like, this is a cultural phenomenon. Like it's an hour and a half every night of television. I- it's every night. Yeah. Um, there is no. something happening on
0: that. Is it Watch What Happens Live every night? Watch What Happens Live every is every night, but and then it accompanies the, something before. Well, Watch What ha- the The Housewives airs once a week. Okay, and then sometimes like they'll kind of like overlap the New York and right now in Salt Lake City overlap. Right, so then it's like kind of two are airing at the same time. Gotcha. So, like, two and then Below action. Deck, whatever the fuck that is, totally. Below Deck <laughs> <laughs> and something else. There's another one. Yeah, there's like Southern Charm or whatever, and and Vanderpump. Like there's, I mean, it's that's right. it's a whole it's network bravo. of television, but. I think that Housewives is a little bit different because I don't think anyone thinks it's aspirational. I think I think that Housewives is really like a zoo. Like it's yeah. people watching Zoo Animals because yeah. something – so I watched Housewives religiously when it first started, when I was, like, in high school. Yeah. I was an OG OC watcher. I was an OG New Jersey, New York OC, and Atlanta, which I think were the first four series. I watched those, like, the first three se- three or four seasons of those, like, religiously every week. Um, and then I went to college, and I didn't have cable, and there wasn't streaming yet, so I, like, fell off. And then when I graduated college and had access again, there was, like – 32 seasons of everything, and I was like, Well, I can't catch up. And I'm kind of a Computer, <laughs> so I like, you literally, nailed. can't so I Thousands recently re entered with um New York, the new New York, because I was like, It's a top, it's a clean slate, I can mm-hmm. get back on, and it's been very interesting because I love it. I love it, and a lot of people I'm friends with who have been watching a lot of Housewives this whole time hate it, and it's like. It's because they want the, like, people who have, like, severe substance abuse issues and, like, yeah. and, like BPD, yeah. like, screaming at each other. And, like, the current season of Roni is a little more, like people navigating like being on television for the first time and social yeah, dynamics. Yes. And there's a little bit of like chess happening of like everyone's trying to be the cool girl and who's going to be the cool girl. And it's like a little more subtle and nuanced and people will be, like, be like, it's boring. And I'm like, you're just mad that like no one's like thrown a glass at someone's head yet. Like, yeah. But there is like conflict happening and is interesting. It's subtle drama. Yeah. And I think it'll get there because I think the, the pressure cooker of being on a reality TV show will break. D- comes for everyone and breaks them in their own way. Yeah. And like the entertainment of the season of the the following seasons will be how each person breaks in their own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. like it's just funny to me how I'm like, oh you guys like experiencing the fandom now, I'm like, yeah, you want like derangement. Because I do think there's like as opposed to like aspirationalness with reality television, especially with housewives, I think there's a comfort of like Seeing someone who is objectively worse off than you, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. am, and it's true. Like in
1: second, the second season of this, because I'm watching New York too. They, w- it, they have not ex- enjoyed their celebrity yet. They are right now are living on what they imagine, like the high of just being on the show. Yes, and like no, now it's like n- people follow them. They're in the news. They're on Andy Cohen's little couch. Like yeah. they are celebrities. Yeah and that'll be really fascinating. But then also I think it'll, that like rude awakening where it's like,
0: yeah, like sigh. She's I, toast. It's oh so bad. God. Well, there's never been someone less likable on television. Oh it's actually, remarkable. Oh, it's yes. actually wow. remarkable. It's actually, wow. It's actually, I mean like, it was funny because me and my roommate so were watching true. the finale and I turned to him at one point and I was like, I'm screaming at the television. Like my stepdad yells at the
3: Patriots. Like I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like
0: literally yelling at the television. I was like so hype about that it is because so funny. she makes me so, mad. she's really bad. I need to watch. She makes me so, it, that's a nice one to watch. Cause it's like
1: one season. Okay. I'll, I'll no, New York one Yeah it's 14 episodes Oh great Bing bang Bong, And it's like I don't know why He's going to Vietnam But I think just like go Like just go And then come <laughs> back was I still care was so
0: nasty About that And yeah. so like I was like You are being Like rude Disrespectful Annoying And racist All at the same time <laughs> Yeah And I'm like This is like Almost a impressive I was like This is a her-, Like her performance On Roni Is like a Herculean feat In being unlikable On television <laughs> like, Yeah It's like amazing to me And like it. I also did feel A little bit bad Because like I mean, no, actually, I don't feel that bad because it's, like, she says some really horrific shit and behaves really abysmally, but also the editors do her literally no favors. Like, <laughs> do her... Like, in the finale, at one point, she's, like, she says to... <laughs> like, right before it cuts to commercial, she says, she's, like, you know I love you. You've always been my best friend. Like, you've been my closest friend in all of this. And then it and then it goes, like, coming up on The Real Housewives of New York, and it's her being, like, fuck you, happy birthday, and then walking <laughs> out of the room to the same person. And it's, like... <laughs> she uh, is someone who... Is putting on this like Baruch
1: Salt show, and I think she thinks it's funny. And it's like actually in this world where we're also looking at
0: like Jenna Lyons. She's someone who thinks she's my least favorite thing in the world, which is she's someone who thinks being passive aggressive is funny. Oh, God. And it is the most unfunny, uncomfortable thing I in the world. I hate that shit. It's so it's constant. Okay. It is I have constant. to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah. Almost in a way where I'm like, I actually want her to get. Do, you don't watch Salt Lake City, do you?
0: So I, I've had, so I watched. I for my old podcast I had I interviewed Lisa. So I watched a bunch and I Connor's Floored. Are you I, in person? On Zoom. Was she nice? Lisa was I've I've interviewed Dorinda, Luann, and Lisa. Um
1: her son's going a mission. Her son's going on a mission. Oh, this was the <laughs> I best part. Lisa. This
0: was my favorite part. So at the end of the interview, it was like super fun. She was like, she was like, We're gonna send you because they were the reason they did it was to promote their tequila brand. Um yeah. And then they they they, she was like at the end she was like "Um, we're gonna she was like she said to the producer she was like Katie can you have Jake can you send Jake's um, like info we want to send him the tequila and some other stuff and I was like oh that's so sweet and then like. A couple weeks later, like it like the tequila never arrived, but then like there was this package addressed to my apartment to Jack Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. No. And it was that's the straight version of you. And it was like her son's skincare line. Oh. Like, it wasn't even tequila. My it's God. called like White Wolf or something. Yes, he's a fine nice like, entrepreneur. But I like didn't cause I don't watch the show I don't like watch the show lit so funny. I like funny. I opened it in the apartment and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And my roommate was like, that's Lisa Barlow's son's skincare line. And wow. I was like, wow, amazing. Addressed <laughs> to Jack Cromwell, that is so <laughs> funny. That
2: literally <laughs> is your straight on alter ego. He's yeah. on
1: a mission now, so he will not be doing any more of that because he's on a
0: mission. What's that mean? He's a, Well, he's Mormon. Oh, so they kind of do like a two-year Teach for America kind no, of thing. No, I know. I've seen the book of Don't Mormon. equate it to Teach for America. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think about TFA,
2: I agree with. Like, oh, on the topic of aspirational for reality shows. I feel like the only one that still exists maybe is the Kardashians. I think there are yes. still some people who find them aspirational. Oh, I
0: think that's undeniable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah they're, yeah, yeah, they're
2: massive. They're massive. Unless I'm missing any... Because who else? It's like Housewives. There's a ton of dating shows and then there's them. But there's not yeah. really any other reality star. I guess there's... <laughs> from the kids, I'm hearing there's somebody named Alex Earl who's on the come up. But she's like Wait, an that's influencer. that's TikTok. That's yeah, TikTok. Yeah, 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 I
1: guess that's where it exists now. If there's 100%. aspirational
2: people in that way, it's on TikTok yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I w- walked by my Pilates client three weeks ago from England, and her name's Jess. Don't cut that. And she's really lovely. And I said, "Hi, Jazz. I love your nails." And she said, "I'm going to be on Netflix." And then I was like, <laughs> God." And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "I'm going to be on Netflix." And then I was like, "Oh, she's on a Sir Ryan Serhant. Do you know Serhant? The no. real estate thing. Some real estate show that's like a Selling Sunset equivalent." In New York and it is where I, like Googled it and then I was like, Did you just find out? And she's like, No, we've been filming for four weeks. And I was like, Did you just walk around and tell everybody it on It's like at one point <laughs> you're the gonna last one to month, get used to it? <laughs> yeah, w- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> selling Sunset does also kind of exist in that like sort of aspirational sort of yeah not. That's true. Selling sunset, selling OC. Yes. Yeah. Did you watch both?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Selling sunset blue selling OC
0: red this is a republican democrat oh so I call I call selling OC selling sunset all villains it's It's the all villains season wait that That is is so true it's unbelievable they're crazy except I do after season two really I fuck with um don't say Jarvis yeah
1: wait she's a Trumper She's is she like, really? She was like insurrectionist.
0: Wait, Jarvis was at the insurrection? No, so <laughs> she wasn't there, but
1: she liked to post, and I found out because of Reddit, where she's like oh, an, an insurrection pope. Okay, so I don't like her anymore, but I do She's obviously the hottest person I've ever seen. Well,
0: no, her face is <laughs> evil. It's <She's, laughs> uh, no oh, I thought you
1: were gonna say immaculate. I was gonna <laughs> is... No, like
0: it's so like it's she's so gorgeous. like what a Disney animator would make like an evil woman look yeah. like. Wait, like
1: yeah. Well, they don't usually make the evil woman look ugly in Disney, you know what I'm mean? saying? No, usually, I'm not uh, saying she's not girl. beautiful,
0: but like I don't think there's a good soul in her body. When Alex True. says, um, "What
1: does discernment?" and she says, "You don't know what that word means," and she says "I do believe that you don't." Do you remember what they yeah. am talking
0: about? That was like the most insane thing I've ever seen. It was incredible. I mean, she's. What <laughs> am I? I. Do you know what was my obsession? This is. I don't know if you guys will remember this, but it, I watched it forty-two times. Was in <laughs> season one of OC when the when Rose and Jarvis were talking about the water filter. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I can't. It's with this Rose, clip. Though. It's this clip where they're like, "She's like, I'm sort of." She goes, I, this is kind of weird about me, but I'm sort of like a water sommelier. And <laughs> she was like, that's awesome. I love water. And she's like, yeah, I just like really love good, clean water. And then she's like, that's so great. And then <laughs> she's like, she has this like, she's like, I have this dream that one day I'm, get, you can get these water filters installed in your sink and they come right out of your tap filtered. And she's like, wow, how much does one of those cost? And she's like, like $6,000. <laughs> and then Rose goes...
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like, looks
0: out, like looks out into like the sunset, and that's like the whole scene. It's like the crazy. I was like, I was watching it with my ex when we were still together, and I was like, rewind it, and then he, we played again. I was like, rewind it again. Like, I made him watch it like five <laughs> I'm times. I'm stuck on Water
1: Somalier. That's
2: a Yo, hilarious. I mean, everything title. about it. I was like, I was like, is <laughs> this
0: a sketch? Like, it was the best. <laughs>
1: that's so everyone funny. on there. So I'm really big on Reddit, and um, Water you know, as Sommelier. a reader, and all of them are Trumpers. Or alternatively, there are two Democrats, but they are RFK. So, oh, um, God, Austin, no. hot Austin and his wife are RFK fans. Oh, and Christ. then who's
0: the other blue one? Um, Polly. Who's
1: sure. who's the main Alex? Who's like really evil? Um, Alex. Okay, and she is freshly evil, Alex, because
0: she wasn't last season. Last season she was Crichelle vibes, and then this no, I like, don't. Don't you dare compare the two of them.
3: Grishel vibes. Grishel vibes. <laughs> the
0: show wanted to be Crichelle, but she's. Like, so... That is how
1: I feel about selling Sunset. It's like, even when they're bad, you're like, but they are friends with Grishel. They have at least one queer friend, so they're like, maybe
0: fine. I really... Selling Sunset brings me, like, a lot of joy. Totally. It brings me a lot of joy. I love Emma. Do you watch all – that's crazy. (laughs)
2: I've actually never seen um, Selling Sunset. I've seen a couple episodes of the second season of OC because we were watching it at a friend's house recently. Okay. And I don't know why I wasn't thinking about this, but I I just, like, kind of forgot about the fact that, like, they're also showing gorgeous houses. Gorgeous homes. So I was like, okay, so on top of the drama, you're also seeing the most amazing homes you've ever seen. So that part's fun, too. Yeah but
0: i need to watch sunset because i haven't watched it and i i feel sunset out of is loop on it. sunset is amazing sunset has some like really amazing i don't feel that cuz i love Mary, and i don't feel
1: that chris shell is stirring i don't like stirred pots i just want to watch people live their lives
0: so <laughs> did you not enjoy christine
1: um, here's what I'm going to say to you. I did uh, in the way that she knew what she was doing and that I don't think she was generally vapid and that it felt fun from her. Whereas someone like, sigh, it's not fun. Like,
0: Christine That's was the thing was is, Christine, cool. I think that Christine was one of the greatest reality star performers we've ever had. Especially in the early seasons because she knew how to stir the pot and then show up and just be like, I'm so sorry, I was crazy. And, like, keep it going. Whereas, like, yeah. sigh, like, Christine was on top of it. And Sai feels like she's like literally
1: flailing. I do feel like Sai is like moving a sled, and she's know when you move a sled, you're like, yeah. (laughs)
2: When they don't know how to drop it, you're like, you are not equipped for this like you think you are. Like you are flailing and making it worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also when it's like, oh, you're you're not you like Sai will be talking about things. Sai will be arguing about something in a way where you can tell she thinks the audience is going to agree with her. Yeah, and it's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And it's weird to watch, whereas, like, when Christine does it, it's, like, you can see how she's playing the game to, like, make drama, but it's not, like, it's not, like, who's right or wrong, if that makes sense, you know what I can mean? Can you tell me,
1: and this is kind of a boring question, but <laughs> whatever, can you tell me, what should I feel about Erin
0: on Roni? It's really complicated. It's a really complicated question, because, obviously, everyone's immediately, like, well, she was also a Trumper, but she has, she has denounced it, but she was fully a Trumper both term, both elections. What? yeah well she's like a zionist israel like is, we're like, just like so far from being trumpers <laughs> yeah. like we're just really far from so she, but she has since denounced it she's like i was duped i don't support him anymore like that's okay what she said, okay like, it's like n- well, not for me ted, cruz. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> ted well, I, cruz and here's the thing here's the thing it's like some it's like does that like is that like a huge knock on someone's character yes do i think it's important that we like allow people to change yes yeah, or like what sure. are we gonna do as a society no literally so it's literally. like there's that I really liked her in the first half of the season and especially because like I thought every like when she like welcomed everyone into her gorgeous Hamptons home and everyone was like nothing but rude about her about it the entire time. And I was like, well, I don't see us at your fucking house. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) Uba, Sai and Bryn were all just like so bitchy about her house. And I was like, I was like very team Aaron in those moments. In the late later half of the season, she just picked the wrong side. I'm like, why sci. are you team side? It's almost like she's like, oh, and it feels the like the way sci- that Jessel yeah. won this season is actually unbelievable. Because like Jenna's obviously the top tier, like ever. She's always gonna be top. She's sure. untouchable. But the way that like Jessel just stuck to her guns and actually was her own person the entire time. Because yeah. Bryn, the thing about Bryn is that she literally has an allegiance to no one. Like she has talked about every single person on the show behind their back and started a fight with every single person on the show because she like,
1: wears is that hat she wears. I can't say anything about it because it's religious or something. That I hat don't is think crazy. It, that hat is wild. She's the always one. wearing like a. Rough but like <laughs> Bryn just like
0: always, Bryn will just always kind of like, Bryn's like water. Like she just kind of goes wherever, and yes. I, but not in a way that I dislike. But like it's hard to root for her because it's like she's not on a side Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense yeah. Jessel has just always like been herself and that was not likable in the beginning because she's a little weird but then became likable she as is she a realized little weird. it was authentic oh interesting whereas like and then Sai you were just like oh you are nasty at first like, I was you- like you live in Borum
1: Hill I love you and then it 100- unraveled but and then okay here's the thing I think that Jenna for Bryn for me Jenna's uh, appreciation of Bryn validates Bryn as probably 100%. a good I 100% agree I 100% Which agree. happens And then yeah. Also The men I cannot with the men that care
0: Why do these husbands Get involved I never need to hear from Sai's husband again I low-key s- Pavit says some shit That annoys me But I do stand Pavit Making a TikTok Explaining the whole Vietnam flight I thought that was very funny <laughs> I think he's
1: also So just like disinterested He's like Oh my wife's doing a project That's fine 100% I just yeah. think he's like Whatever. Like the men that are like and I love Seth Marks, whatever, but like the men that are like, Oh, I'm gonna get in. Uh, I guess it's the only time where I'm like men should let their wives do whatever they-. like <laughs> I just feel like men should like stay in their lanes and like yeah. not get involved I don't need this. them
0: on. I don't need any of them. Do you know who I need on the show more though is Beckett, Jenna's son. Jenna's son is amazing. Yeah. In the finale. yeah, What a classic rich boy name. It's also just like he has this scene in the like I don't wanna label it, he's like a teen, so I don't want to like speak to anything to his sexuality or anything, but I will just say like there's an iconic scene with him and Jenna getting ready for an event where she's like where there's like a 14 year old boy and he, she pulls out a, a garment and goes, what do you think of this? And he goes, what am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> like this, like, 14 year old boy. <laughs> what am I looking what at? What am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> That's it's so good. She's was like,
1: so sweet I love, on that. And like the rawness and the vulnerability and she'll be like, I really like my son, which is nice. Cause like my mom always hated me. And she says, it. Whoa. And it's like really a story and like beautiful. Yeah. Like, I mean, her like,
0: childhood sounds so
1: brutal. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, should we get to our last question?
2: What's
0: a boys club that you want to see in the world? Mm. This was the one I struggled with the most. And I think my aunt, okay, here's my thing is this would be very good for me is I need there to be a, I want a boys club for boys in Brooklyn who are um, quitting cigarettes. (laughs) Yes. Because I smoke cigarettes and it's disgusting. What kind do you smoke? Like usually Marlboro Lights or Camel Blues and i'm not like a smoker like i'm gonna light up after this but it's like if i'm out and i'm having <laughs> drinks like and there's cigarettes like i'm absolutely smoking them For and sure. then i wake up in the morning and i feel disgusting and then it's like that cycle do you know what i mean yeah but it's like it's when i'm present. this is why i want a community of it because it's like right People now who won't do my it my roommate one of my roommates smokes too and that's the problem it's like if we're sitting in the backyard having like a glass of wine and he pulls out cigarettes like i am smoking. you're gonna one. have one yeah but we're both gonna quit next month we've decided like november it's done but I want there to be a whole community of people who are also quitting, also because that would mean that everyone at the bar would have Nicorette gum, and then that <laughs> would also be really helpful. And that yeah. would be better than cigarettes. Yeah, it is so hard when it's something... I think
2: that's probably one of the hardest things about smoking, is that it's so communal that like people are... You're always going to be around it at a time where you're like, all right, like yeah, like why don't I have one? And it's like, I'm already drinking, whatever. A hundred percent.
0: And it's also like, I don't think I had really ever encountered like chemical addiction before, mm-hmm. because I was like a very... I probably smoked my first cigarette at some point in college, and then would smoke them very occasionally throughout whenever. And then like a couple years ago I got introduced to vaping and then I bought a vape and then you can vape inside. And then I was just <laughs> yeah. constantly hitting a vape and then I got <laughs> so addicted to nicotine. Yeah. The vaping made me feel crazy cause I was doing it like, cause you can just like, I mean I could have been vaping this whole interview. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and then that is, like, so gross that I was, like, I have to quit vaping. And so to quit vaping, I started smoking cigarettes.
2: <laughs> I know. It's crazy that that's literally the trajectory so many people went so on. Many people are,
0: so many people now are addicted to cigarettes because they vaped. Yeah. And now it's, so like... Much,
2: vaping is so much more insidious for that reason right? of it being and so maybe, casual. maybe
0: in the long term, it'll ultimately be, be a good thing because now it is, like, I'm addicted to nicotine in a way where I can't smoke cigarettes. Like, now if, like, I'm out and there's cigarettes, I'll smoke six, which is gross. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, it used to be, like, maybe I'd smoke one or two a month yeah. which, and like that's very Gwyneth Paltrow and I kind of think that's healthy for you probably <laughs> but like smoking like six in a night is objectively really bad for you yeah. and so I just want it to be done and I that, and I want a community of people who are quitting yeah it's yeah. hard to
1: quit anything it's hard to make change like sometimes I think you just need to up and move but I don't feel like that's an option here
0: <laughs> well also it's like cigarettes are everywhere and they're cheaper everywhere else other than New York so it's like I don't yeah. know that where, oh. yeah. like I got sober when I was 22
1: Brag. And I feel like I got sober because I moved to towns. Oh, wow. By towns, I mean North Carolina to Chicago. I was like, yeah. And the something about Chicago, where I was like, okay, I don't drink here anymore. Interesting. Yeah.
0: You got sober after living in North Carolina? Yeah,
1: I could not get sober there. But it was a mess. I kept trying to. I mean, to, college I is impossible outside. to get sober.
0: Yeah. It's Were you like in college when you got sober? Or no, when you left mm,
1: college? My, the last time I slipped or whatever was in college, senior year of college. May or March, I'm not really sure. But it's like so... So you started trying to get sober very young. Yes, I was very bad very fast. It was very bad very early. It's not bad, just... No, it was. Well, like, it your was relationship bad. to alcohol was bad. Oh, yeah. You weren't bad. Well, I feel like I was lucky in that I had very big um, red flag moments
0: where <laughs> I think people can be like kind of problematic relationship with alcohol for years. 100%. Just, like, I was at, like... I don't want to say this in a way that sounds rude, but no, a, no. a green flag to me is when someone had severe addiction very <laughs> young. I usually yes. like those people. Yeah, people who are like people who are like I had a severe alcohol problem when I was 15. I'm like I like you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, I, like I always like those people. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: like stop drinking. I li- mean. I stopped drinking liquor. I was like only beer, but then I would drink like sixteen beers and then blackout from beer, which I think is impressive, almost. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, but it was like early. it was like I was in the hospital. I was like I was arrested. It was like getting kicked out of college. It was like all these things that made it get looked at, which was like kind of lucky. What What were the ages? Um, I started drinking when I was like sixteen, and I. And you were out by twenty-two.
0: Yes. And when was the first time you tried to stop? Nineteen. Wow. It's yeah, so impressive. It's though. Of, there's an honestly, there's an efficiency to it. Like, yeah, <laughs> to be quite honest, yeah, it's kind of what I'm saying about it's kind of what I'm saying about smoking. Where it's like, perhaps it's better that I'm getting really addicted right now and then quitting than if I were to casually smoke for thirty years. Yeah, uh, yes. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. something
1: should be like uh, when something is a big problem, you have to like. Okay, I hate that this is gonna be about morning pages. Literally, hate this is gonna be about morning pages. It's okay. There's something about morning pages, which I don't do, but like, I don't know if you do morning pages. No. I'm not doing that. But when I was doing them, there is something about writing down your issue that's like, oh, I have an issue. Like, yeah, maybe you should write it down how it, makes it you is. It is crazy
2: how much like yeah. naming the, f- like, that's such a cliche thing, but like, quote, naming the feeling like helps so much. Cause I, you, you say these things, these like therapy speak things, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do it and then you're like, oh, fuck. I really genuinely didn't know that that's what I was feeling until I wrote it. Yeah, down. Yeah, no, and it feels so, so stupid and, and so it's crazy like- that
1: you don't have to smoke. just like I don't have to go to Soul cycle three times a day, but I think that I do to find stillness in this chaotic world.
0: Do you go to Soul cycle three times a day? Like so
1: I went twice yesterday. And I felt really. It did not help me. I felt anxious. But yeah. I go because sometimes it's like I can't imagine. I don't want to work right now, and I can't imagine being frozen or still. And it's the only thing that makes me. But there are people that are just like totally chill. There are people that are just like making a roast, like looking at artwork. Like ch- I've never been that, and I would love to be that. But it's That's like so funny. Getting sober isn't going to make me calm. But yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I forget what the point of that was. Well, oh wait on your on your sobriety
2: journey. I was going to say that like has it, it always been so impressive to me, like how like at such a young age and also like you have to give yourself some cut some slack cuz like i can't I, I can't imagine getting sober in college like what an environment sober? no but uh, that is an
1: environment that is just like I carried him home from the bar the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hell yeah! Uh, pissed
0: <laughs> you pissed yourself? Oh,
1: I got no. Not a lot. I don't. The I, most have unbelievable part myself? of that was carried. <laughs> I
2: yeah, you didn't carry me. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever pissed. I don't think I have. I've thrown up
1: before. Yeah, similarly. I don't think I've
0: ever I think pissed. I've ever pissed, ever pissed myself myself well, that, that was issues
1: ass. that I would never throw up. I would never throw up. So like mm-hmm. I would, it would just. I think throwing up is good. Throwing yeah. up, it's like. Your body telling you Boot to stop, rally. Mm. My body was like, "It's like we'll take it. <laughs> we'll fucking take it."
2: <laughs> Those Irish bones of yours. They were like, "We can. We've taken worse." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, before we uh, before we wrap up, Jake, is there anything you want to plug? Any you want to plug your socials or anything
0: coming up? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Jake W Cornell. You can listen to my podcast, Basic Training. Um, my show, Gorge Night, is coming back in the new year. Um, so check that
2: out. And I think that's it. Awesome. And uh, don't look up Jack Cromwell. He does not exist. No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. We'll get out of here on a smooch. One, two, three. What's up, boys at home? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on Instagram?
1: At Connor Janda. C-O-N-O-R. Janda is Panda with a J.
2: And you can follow me at Nico Carney. N-I-C-O-C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow us both at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. Uh, and we have a live show.
1: Our live show is at Club Coming, typically on the last Friday of the month. And it is always the two of us and some of our favorite funny people. And we'd love to see you there.
2: Yeah, often people from the podcast. So come check those out. Uh, if you live in New York, we'd love to see you there.
3: Bye, boys. Bye, boys.